This podcast is brought to you by Florence Filter, the leading company in air filters. They care about your air and have been since 1971. Good morning, everyone. This is Brandon Matloff in Los Angeles. Welcome to the Stella Oak Mavens podcast, where we feature different mavens in different fields. A maven is an expert of an expert. They're the go-to person who you would want to ask all the questions to before making a decision. The purpose of our podcast is to help the consumer be more knowledgeable. What is the life like for a working actress in Hollywood? Today, we have actress Elizabeth J. Carlisle of TV series Rich and the Ruthless to share her story. A little bit about Elizabeth J. Carlisle. She's been in How I Met Your Mother, House, Bosch, Parenthood, and Pretty Little Liars. In 2014, she was awarded Best Actress at the Asians on Film Festival for her role in Your Troubles. A native of Maryland, she was trained in ballet before becoming an actress. I'm excited today to welcome Elizabeth. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So, Elizabeth, what was Elizabeth J. Carlisle like at 21 years old? Paint the picture for me. Like, how did you end up in L.A. pursuing acting as a career? Well, at 21, I was not acting. I was actually a makeup artist. I I started acting in my 12th grade year of high school, and then I decided to uh, pursue that in college, but I ended up quitting because I didn't think I was any good. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I became a makeup artist, and I did that for a number of years. And then um, I had this personal trainer at the gym who kind of pushed me back into acting and said, what are you doing? You need to be, you know, you, you, you love it. You talk about it all the time. Um, so he suggested that I go down to this place called Central Casting in D.C. I'm, I'm, and I was in Maryland, right outside of D.C. at the time. And... Um, I went down, I had some, you know, headshots taken, and I tell you, the very next day, I got called to go and audition for a Chris Rock film that was shooting there called Head of State, which is his, was his, the first movie that he ever directed, where he runs for president in the film. I remember, I remember the movie. So you, that wasn't even really on the radar, you probably didn't even know what he was thinking, directing, and then here you are uh, getting an audition for it. Yes. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Uh, I I auditioned and I got a, you know this small role, but I was throughout the film in maybe three or four different scenes, and I was uh, Nate Dogg's girlfriend. Nate Dogg uh, was a rapper with uh, Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and those guys. She's passed away, but um, it was it was it was really really cool. And at that moment, I thought, okay, this is this is what I am supposed to be doing. So you already knew that. Just after the f- the first deal you did, you you knew. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 there was this. I mean, people say, "Oh, you got bit by the acting bug." Well, yes, I did. It bit me hard. <laughs> so, did you give up the makeup artist work right away? No, I didn't, because I I had bought a condo and I had mortgage payments and I needed to uh, to pay those. So, and then there's not really a huge acting market in in that area. I mean, it's, it's growing, but at the time there really wasn't much going on. So 
I w did one more acting job before moving to Los Angeles. I did an episode of The Wire, and uh, and then about a year, year and a half later, I I moved to Los Angeles. Wow. And when you moved out to L.A., did you know anyone out here? Did you have a connection? Were you networked in Hollywood at all? Well, not to, not so much. I, I, I will tell you what made the transition the easiest was Ron Burkhart, uh, my husband, who uh, I've already done a podcast with. Um, he and I moved here together, and his father and stepmother live here. I have so much respect for people that move out here by themselves. I don't know how they do it. I I'm, I'm, don't know if I'm that strong of a person. So he made it really possible. Now, I had an acting coach I was working with in Maryland who set up a couple of meetings for me out here with some old contacts that he had, but none of them panned out because they really, the contacts were with very high level people in Hollywood and I was not I was a very green actress with really hardly any credit. Yeah, so you were you were starting out, and um, you know it was just a different level. So you, yeah. you had to build it before they come eventually. Yes, yes. So really, I, I came out here with no contacts. So um, when you came out here, I imagine that was scary for a little while because you didn't know too many. You didn't really know too many people in the field. And um, so, how, how did it, how did it start to snowball? Like, how did where did where did where did you start? Well, the first thing I did was I, I found a really good acting school, and I and I trained. I spent two years at a Meisner, um, Sanford Meisner School, Joanne Baron D W Brown in Santa Monica, um, and because I, I and, and and part of that was on camera, and it's really really important, really really important that actors know how to act on camera. You can do all the theater training you want, but it's not that's not good enough if you want to work on camera. Um, so that really helped. And I had quit makeup and I became a personal trainer so that I could have a more flexible schedule to to audition and I and I made some contacts actually at the gym where I was working and uh, was able to get a, a few auditions through um, some people I met who were able to help me a little bit. So you, at the beginning, were already networking in any capacity you could because you figured that you might as well take any opportunity of what you were doing to try to pursue your career. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you, you have to do that. And uh, I got... I, I don't... Oh, I, I got a, a print agent, a print modeling agent. It was, was the very first agent that I ever got. And I, I booked the first audition I went on, uh, which was amazing. It was for a Nestle, uh, Nestle, uh, a Twix. It was for a candy bar print ad that ran in Cosmopolitan magazine. And uh, the commercial agent who shares a, a building with them saw this picture hanging up on, on the the, uh, the door of my print agent. They said, "Who's that?" So they called me in and signed me. Um, I, it was just, I, I ha, I've had some very lucky moments um, because it's very hard to get an agent. It, it really is. And I was very lucky. Uh, so I started working commercially and doing print modeling. Um, so that was really how I kind of got my foot in the door. 
So um, getting into the content then, you know, I, I often find that, you know, when you get your foot in the door and then there's got to be something else there that inspires you to do everything you're doing, right? And so what is it that, is there a mantra you live by or what what has been your inspiration to keep you driving and keeping you um, looking out for your your next show, your next audition? Like what what is it that inspires you to do your career? The feeling that I have when I'm acting and when I'm acting well, the feeling of being on set, the feeling of being on stage in front of an audience is all of that is a high, like no high that I've, that I, that I can get any other way. And it's just so satisfying. Actually, I use, I use the term, it fills up my soul. Um, you know, if you can find something that fills up your soul, then do it. Um, so that, I mean, and then there have been really, really hard times and hard years and many challenges, but the feeling I get when I'm acting and on stage or on a set is just, it's worth it. Well, I want to hear about some of the challenges, but before we get into that, um, you, you said a couple of things that was really interesting to me. Um, and it's really revolves around your passion for, for, and this high that you get when you're in the, in this world. Is that, do you think that's the same thing that most actresses get from the type of work they're doing, or do you think um, that's unique? Yes, I do think it is. I, I think that that uh, is definitely what, what uh, a lot of actors that I talk to feel, especially, especially actors who do a theater. Uh, because if you're in front of a live audience, you, I think, I, you, I think that we, many actors feed off of that energy uh, and getting an instantaneous reaction is just so satisfying. Uh, so yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of actors feel that way. And I, I think there would be a difference between like you're doing it and you get this high from it and then at a certain point you're like, oh, I'm actually pretty good at this thing. So was there a pivotal point in your career where you're like, oh my gosh, I can make this happen for myself in the long term? Like, is, was there a point where you're like, I, I should do this? Like, was there a point you remember in time where either somebody came over to you or you uh, got a job on a certain set or was there something that happened in your career where you're like, I'm destined to be in this thing for the long haul? Yeah, I, I've had a couple of those moments and those are the moments that keep you going. Um, but the, I think the first one I had was when I booked my first TV guest star. Um, I, I auditioned, and I had no TV credits except for The Wire, and that had been several years beforehand, and it was a very small role. So I auditioned for a guest star on CSI New York, and it was a nice, really meaty role, and uh, I, I got the part, and uh, sadly, though, sadly, they went over budget, and my, my, my role had to be cut, so it never was shot. But the fact that I booked it really made me, gave me confidence and it validated that yes, you, you are on the right path, you are doing the right thing, you, you, don't, uh, you don't suck. Uh, so, uh, so that really, it was disappointing, but it drove me to keep, keep going. So was that maybe one of the challenges you were thinking of or was there another uh, challenge you had to persevere through? Well, I, that that wasn't the challenge I was thinking of, but that is that is absolutely one of 
the challenges, and that's happened to me on several occasions, actually, where you book something. I booked American Horror Story. Uh, at the last minute, I get a call. Oh, sorry, your your role got, got knocked out. You know, if they go over budget or they, they change the script at the last minute and your character is not uh, now going to move the storyline forward, you get cut or... That happens a lot, and then um, it's a huge disappointment. But after a while, you your your skin thickens, and you learn not to tell people right away when you book something. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So um, I can imagine that when a when a show does go live, though, they're not always successful, as as we both know. So there can still be a disappointment on that side. How do you learn from those prior experiences to get better? Well, well, I've had experiences where I've made uh, little mistakes on sets. And uh, let me tell you, you don't make them again. Like when I was on uh, How I Met Your Mother, that was, I think that was one of my earlier uh, TV roles. Uh, I kept having to hit a certain mark. And gosh darn it, every time, every take, I, I was not able to hit that mark. What, is that, what does that mean, to hit a certain mark? Okay, so if you have to walk and talk and they're filming you, um, they, the, the camera is preset to, uh, to have you in focus. So you have to, if you're going to end at a very specific point, like let's say there's an X on the floor, you must end right there because that's where the camera is focused on. Um, and if you don't end there, you're going to mess up the shot. So I... So maybe three or four takes in, I, I just I kept overshooting the mark, like walking too far past the X. So they actually had to put a sandbag there so that when I walked, my foot would hit it and stop. And I learned from that going forward, if you have a walking, talking scene, go walk it out before they start shooting and count how many paces it's going to take to get you to that point. It's not something that you think about as a as a viewer, that's for sure. Like, oh, the actress and or the actor ended up in the precise spot so the camera could, could follow you. But it, it, it totally makes sense. Something as easy as walking a certain amount of steps, but as you're thinking and talking and acting, it's probably not uh, natural to end up in that spot necessarily. So yes, I, I would say at, at least 50 to 60% of TV and film acting is, is technical stuff like that, which when you're trying to act in a scene really takes you out of it uh so you really have to have a lot of do a lot of preparation work so that when you're there you have all that preparation work muscle memory in your body so that you can take in the technical notes from the director does that make sense it totally does do you find that you're pretty good at that at this point uh yeah i think so i i mean i think it's just practice and confidence and trusting that you've done the preparation work. Well, as I'm, as I'm thinking about doing um, preparation work and, and getting involved, and uh, what I would think about is I would imagine if you do that for a long period of time, then you start to get proud of some of your accomplishments. That may be one of them and like being really good at a certain area. But is there part of you that can think of like what have you done that you've been most proud of? Is it a role or a technical skill that you've accomplished? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, 
I, I, there have been some roles that I thought that I've really done well at, and um, a couple of them are, are roles that I've done in theater out here. Um, I did a Christopher Durang play, and I felt really good about all of my performances because they were so specific and fleshed out, and I feel like I really created a three-dimensional character. I did another play, uh, Charlotte Sophia, where I played King George III's Irish lover, written by Tina Andrews. Again, I felt like I gave a really good performance. And then, um, my, my, actually, my two latest things that I've done, I feel like I, like I did all right. Um, I just did a short film, uh, written and directed by Alec Roth, who is new on the scene. It was his first, uh, film that he directed. He's Eric Roth's son, uh, Eric Roth wrote to Forrest Gump, um, and I feel like I did a really good job in his film. He's also an amazing director. This kid is going to be the next Steven Spielberg, quote me. <laughs> and I'm then, definitely uh, quoting you on that, and everyone's <laughs> taking notes is, is listening right now. <laughs> I mean, uh, the Alec Roth it was amazing. He was an ama- amazing person to work with. Um, and then The Rich and the Ruthless, which is this, uh, this TV series that's airing on the Urban Movie Channel. Victoria Rowell, who was on Young and the Restless for many years, wrote and directed this, and I, I have to to pay tribute to her writing and directing skills, though. I feel like the role was written for me, which made it much easier to do, but I feel like I, I did a, a really fun character in that. Um, and, she, and she's great, you know, she, she lets her actors improv and, and bring their own ideas to the table. I love that, and I think that uh, knowing that someone's writing stuff for you must give you great confidence in, you know, what you're doing. Because now you're like, wow, what I do actually really applies to this thing that's actually interesting, and people will watch. Yes, yes. So um, I'm going to do this rapid fire section. I always love this because it really gives us uh, the audience uh, ability to connect with you in kind of a different way. Because I'm going to throw you some curveballs and just kind of see how you answer. Uh, some of these questions, but these should be fun. And um, so, so here we go. So, what is the uh, best financial advice you've ever received in your life? Uh, put away ten percent of each paycheck into savings. That's always a good idea. Mm-hmm. Can you uh, share a personal habit that's uh, contributed to your success? Uh, I think it's waking up early every morning. I go to bed early, wake up early. Early bird, right? Yeah. Uh, do you have a resource or if someone's interested in, in learning more about like the insights of an actress like or, or some, is there a good website or blog or something or something you've written or is there any website that would be appealing for people listening to this podcast? I don't know. I'm sorry I don't have an answer for that. But I, you know what? Leslie Kahn. Leslie Kahn. Yes, there you go. Leslie Kahn, she's the, one of the best acting teachers in Los Angeles. She's got a blog, website, take her class. She's awesome. Share a book that you might recommend to the listeners. The Four Agreements. And do you have any hobbies outside of your passion for acting? Yes, I am a ballet nerd. Uh, I know more about ballet than most people. (laughs) (laughs) And I love cats. I love to write raps and make rap videos. Um... Yeah, that's what I do on my off time. Can you wrap anything for us really quickly? Yeah. Um, 
Check it, yo. I'm paleo, and this stuff's been around since 1904. You can eat it fast, you can eat it slow. There's lots of ways to eat the yellow. That's a clip from my uh, French's mustard wrap that you can find on YouTube. Uh, there you go. Have, have your listeners go to YouTube and check out my uh, French's classic yellow mustard wrap. That's exactly what I was looking for. Um, okay, so thank you, thank you, by the way, for bearing with me on this rapid fire uh, uh, section. Uh, here's a question that I've always kind of wondered. Um, you know, if someone is watching a series, and let's say you're in it, right? And is there something that you want the audience or listener to know about you as you're acting in it? Like, just imagine, like, as you're acting, right, and every day, and you're you're on camera. There's a millions, of, there's you know thousands and millions of people watching you, right? Is there something you want them to know either about like your work ethic or anything, or should they just indulge in the show that they're watching? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, a little of both. Uh, yes, I want them to enjoy what they're watching. Um, and I think it goes back to the the the, the technical aspect. I think I would like watchers to first and foremost enjoy what they're watching and get into the the story and second of all understand that the being on a tv or film set is not glamorous it's hard work we're tired we're usually working 12 to 16 hour days um and uh we're all doing the best we can and and yeah, I think that's it. And then you hear the crying in the background. That's a cat. Uh, he wants to be part of the interview as well. But yeah, I, I think I think I want the audience to know that there's a, a ton of work that goes into it that they can't even see. That, that was a great response. And you know, I'm also wondering, just as we we wrap up here, um, if there's any advice you would give to someone that's thinking about getting into the industry and moving over from makeup or some other. Uh, career, any advice you would you would have for them? Yes, get good training. Good acting training is essential. Um, find a teacher that you like, that you can understand, and be surround yourself with other actors that will challenge you, but also support you. And stay positive. Really try to stay positive because the highs are highs. And, and the lows are very low in acting. And you always have to be finding a way to dig yourself out of the lows. Uh, because it's not, unless you're you know, a series regular on a TV show or a movie star, it's not a constant uh, source of income. Um, so just staying uh, positive is very important. Well, um, as we just uh, finish up here, is there any... Uh way someone can learn more about some of the things you've been in is there a, a website or a way to to find oh, out more sure. about you or any other advice you or any other thing you'd like to discuss um well i think it's important that um everyone spay and neuter their animals i always like to say that because we have a lot of homeless animals that have nothing to do with acting but i wanted to throw that out there <laughs> and um um you, you can imdb me IMDb is the Internet Movie Database, Elizabeth J. Carlisle. You can check me out on Twitter, ElizabethJC01, 
or um, look me up on Instagram, Elizabeth J. Carlisle, or check out some of my rap videos, you know, we're living the dream here. I love it. Well, thank you, Elizabeth, for uh, sharing uh, your wisdom and and your knowledge with us today. This is uh, Brandon Matloff. Thank you for listening. This has been a Stella Oak Mavens podcast. We empower you, the listener, to take control of your life. You can follow our Instagram at Stella Oak Mavens for updates and more information about the podcast.